A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Whining, the beer versus wine podcast. Uh, we have a pre-recorded message before we get into it. Three, two, one, play. Hello, you're listening to Whining. If you've been a regular listener, you may have noticed a break, short hiatus in our regular broadcasting program. This is due to factors outside of our control, and we do apologise this, for this. However, this is due to possible homelessness on we the back of our pre-recorded messages there. <laughs> Some on their words, isn't it? Uh, um, yeah, it's... Um, well, didn't have, didn't have time pay, for a second take, huh? When you pay peanuts, you get performing monkeys. Um, <laughs> That's not the saying. You don't, you don't get performing is. monkeys, you get monkeys. You get monkey well if you're paying a if you're paying a monkey peanuts to perform then he's gonna you're gonna get a monkey and he's gonna perform so no you might not if you're getting a monkey you might not know when to perform he's probably just gonna <sighs> wank himself off and throw shit at you as oh, they you, you famously had, you do ha- you ha- you had you had you had to go toilet humor didn't you josh well done no, we're it's not, not humor that's literally the not, truth of chimps we're not 45 seconds a, into this the isn't podcast, a comedy and you, podcast and you've gone masturbation and fecal matter this isn't well a comedy done. podcast I, th- I thought this was this highbrow. isn't a comedy podcast i thought this it was highbrow a, it's a chimp Fact podcast. Welcome to Chimp Facts. Chimp Facts with Chimp Sean Facts. and Josh. God, I wish it'd be easier. Uh, this is the Beer vs. Wine podcast. Uh, my name's Josh. I like a beer. I've picked a beer for today's scenario. Sean has picked a wine, and we'll battle to see whose is best by the end. Before we get going, Sean, answer me this. MI6, the Houses of Parliament, the IET, the uh, Institute of Engineering and Technology, and now whining. Pray do tell, what do they have in common? Um, is it that they both have um, employees or members who are surplus to requirements? No. The four cornerstones, previously three, now four. The government of the country, security abroad, international security. The IET are very sort of, um, I suppose they're trying to inspire young people to get into engineering and technology. And a wine podcast, The Four Corners of British Society. Yeah, I would would say that all of those things are pretty... um intrinsic to just not only how we conduct ourselves on a day-to-day basis but on um what it means to be british i agree yeah and the other thing these things all have in common apart from being cornerstones is they are based riverside 
of the Thames. <laughs> Whining HQ has moved, people. This is why we've been away, we should explain. Uh, basically, we decided to move into a whining flat. Yeah, we have what we like to call Whining HQ, which yeah. is where we are now based from. Um, coming to you live from a riverside location in London's um, fashionable southeast end. Exactly like yeah. the Globe Theatre. Exactly like MI6. Exactly like Penguin Publishing. We're on the Thames. Did it help that Brexit like sort of ruined rent prices and we're still quite far out of London? Yes, of course it did. But crucially, I can see boats, which means I can see dreams or tug. I, I was about to, I was hoping to turn around and say, I can see a boat right now, but um, there isn't actually a boat on that. No, there, w- there was, the there was, but it went past, I swear. Okay. <laughs> I swear. Uh, so yeah, this we, we've been moving house, that's taken some time, that's why the podcast's been off, but we are now yeah. back, and we're back with a new theme. Uh, we are... Well, we're back with a theme, because uh, previously yeah. it was just... I mean, the same overarching theme still remains. It's wine versus it's beer. It's wine versus beer, yeah. as it always has been. At the end, we will pick a winner. Uh, but now we're trying to... We're just going to try this. It might not work, it might not. But we're just going to pick things that are happening in this world that we live in and match our beers to certain scenarios or certain things or certain themes mm. and wonder about what drink would best suit that scenario. So with uh, Wimbledon starting on Monday... We've decided to pick a Wimbledon drink. We have indeed. So I'll introduce mine first. Um, obviously, uh, a mainstay of Wimbledon, the tennis tournament, is strawberries and cream. So I've very much gone down this road. Um, the bottle is a Samuel Smith organic strawberry fruit beer. Now, those in London will know Sam Smith's is... Uh, it's, they do pubs mostly where they only serve their own beer and nothing else. And they're all normally quite nice old pubs, so they do get people's attention. And that's what we're drinking today. Strawberry beer to go with strawberries and cream at Wimbledon. Which we we have some strawberries and cream as well. We I, I think we should m- uh, mention that as well. We're getting fully into the swing of Wimbledon and uh, and summer by having some strawberries and cream. Pun intended? Uh, yeah. You don't even know what word I'm talking about, do you? Swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Fine. Uh, And what are you, what are we drinking on your end? Um, We are drinking, well, tennis and wine, famous combinations. Um, Well, Lanson sponsors Wimbledon. Yeah. um, Which is the champagne. Yeah, we thought we were doing Lanson, but decided we've already done champagne once on the the podcast already. Are you scoffing at my pronunciation of Lanson? Yeah. it's, It's how it's said. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Moving, moving on. Um, so we've gone for another um, Wimbledon-based wine. Um, I've gone for a. Um, are you ready for this, Josh? I am. Buckle yourself down. I'm buckled. We've gone for a uh, serve Vignon Blanc. <gasps> yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is a Sauvignon Blanc or Sauvignon Blanc from uh, the Alpine DJ. Tenuous. As are most of my the things I say. Um, this is a Sauvignon Blanc from the north of Italy, from the Alto Adige. It's called Winkel, um, and it's by Cantina Talano. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's fine. So those are... We'll be basically be, when judging the beers this time, but beers and wines this time around, we'll be comparing them to the situation of sat there at centre court, watching a game go on, and how well it would fit, rather than just arbitrarily saying whether it's nice or not. Yeah, it's, it's based in context now. Okay, Sean. I thought this would be a good time to improve the podcast. No time like the present, my friend. Exactly. We've had some time away. I've been listening to a few past episodes. I picked out some flaws, and I think we can change it right now. 
are you happy to get on board with these improvements? I'm always on board with improvements. That's, Good, what, that's one thing I always said about they, myself. They are centred around you. <laughs> uh. Our voices are too similar. This is one thing I've heard. I don't actually think they are, but I, from lots of people I've heard, our voices are too similar. There's not much we can do about that. I think there is. Do you want me to put on a voice? Is Will that you, what you're would you put on a voice? No. I think go higher because it helps. Is the, you want me to talk in a, in a higher register? Yeah. Would you do an accent? Um, I think an accent would help as well. Can I do Australian? No, you can't. And that's a, a comment about the quality <laughs> rather than whether you're allowed. Uh, no, I think... Could you do a Welsh accent, maybe? Just to change it up a bit. Um, I could do a Welsh accent. Would you mind just... Okay, do a Welsh accent for the rest of the podcast. Brilliant. Um, there's, it's not very funny. Hang on, just let me keep... Uh, no, I can't do a Welsh accent. Not for the. Not, I can't sustain it for that long. Okay, it's infuriating, but that's fine. Um, okay, it's not very funny. What our podcast? Our podcast. My accent. Uh, the podcast. Okay. Would, well, you, would you? Can you tell a joke? Um, uh, not knock. Who's there? Twit. Twit woo. Oh, what's there? An owl doing at my doorstep. Yeah, that was alright, actually, in fairness. No, I yeah. asked for a joke, I get a joke. Yeah. Uh, and finally, true crime is massive at the moment. Uh, making a murder, I know <laughs> I know that's not a podcast, but... It's a television show. What other serial... The other thing that serial brought out, true crime is massive. Yeah. I think we should get into it. So, come here. Glean over. Glean over. You just hit me! I did. There's some true crime for you. I just abused Sean. So yeah, that put now that should put us on the right track. You just now. hit me. Very happy to be going ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'd like to address the fact that you just hit me in the oh. face. Oh, we'll have a whole series of that starting now. <laughs> and we'll just put in a montage here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can of, like, I do lawyers? A, and can stuff. I do a statement or something on on no, 1934 June 28th? Two men were sat in their flat in southeast London. Uh-huh. One, out of the blue, assaults the other. Okay. No. Who is to fault? Sure. We will find out on this episode of Whining. whining. It still works, because you f- could be whining about the law. <laughs> uh, yeah. And today on Whining, we listen to somebody whine about wrongdoings in their life. Of course I would win. I'd represent myself <laughs> and win. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry, Your Honor. I've just been accosted. Uh, you have, you have, but it, I think we're on the right track now to making the podcast a better podcast. That's great. It's good. We needed to do that. Um, what have you been up to? Well, I suppose this week and whilst we've been away. Um, whilst we've been away, not not a huge amount apart from trying to source somewhere to live. The threat of homelessness is quite, uh, it spurs one on to quite a bit of action, I suppose, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, I mean, if it, what I'm imagining, what I want you to imagine now is when you're saying the threat of homelessness. I want you to imagine that I am a homeless person and you're just chatting to me sort of outside a tube station or something. I'm sure they would say, yes, it's a horrible situation you don't want to end yourself up in. Do whatever you can to avoid it. <laughs> I think they might say, mate, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You can afford to stay in a hotel for a month. You're loaded. <laughs> you're a restaurant manager at a Michelin star restaurant. You earn six figures. I don't have six figures. I wish. It's six figures if you if you include the first decimal point. Yeah. 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 Great. Um so yeah, not 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 much going on them. No, just uh so, keeping so on, only been keeping for four on. months. 
That's a bit. It hasn't been that long, has it? It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, maybe two months, three months. Uh, what's going on with my life? Um, Do you know what? Have a think about I've had it. A, I've had a haircut today. Not appropriate chat for wine news. People don't need to know about your calendar-based situations, despite it being where I find all my stories. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, how about we go to the wine cell? You have a think what you've been up to. Drinking wine and feeling fine Cause I drink that wine all the time with Sean So, Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. It's quite a clever uh, pun, I like to think. Would you like some cream with your strawberries? Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, so, uh, Sauvignon Blanc from, as I said, the we north... We should explain this segment. This is where Sean has to try and impress me with his wine. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, so, Sauvignon Blanc from the north of Italy, I thought we would go for now. Um, so, we have a, a wine from probably the most famous producer in this region. So, in a region called uh, the Alto Adige, um, in particular, uh, Talam, uh, which is the name of the... The particular region that we're in. So we're right up in the north of Italy, uh, kind of where Italy meets Austria. Um, so fairly cool, fairly mountainous, but actually sunny. It's actually one of the sunniest regions in Italy still. Um, in particular, the region of Talan um, is right in kind of like a, a basin of, of mountains. So it's fairly protected, um, but warm, um, but without being too much. Um, it was a nice... Um, Contrast between night and day temperatures, which is what you want. In it's wine, what you want um, to provide the, the fruit character, which is um, um, achieved from warm temperatures in the day versus acidity and freshness, which comes from the cooler temperatures at night. Um, so the producer here is a producer called Cantina Tellano, uh, which is actually a cooperative of producers featuring about a hundred members. What does that mean when dweebs can't make wine themselves? They have to team up to do it. Well, but. <laughs> In its essence, yes, if you want to put such a negative spin on it. Dweebs! Uh, so when you get smaller producers who come together to I'm make... I'm going to make a wine to make them look ridiculous. Oh, brilliant. Um, so when you get smaller producers, farmers essentially, who come together with... <laughs> just seen the face you've, you made when drinking the beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when you get smaller producers who come together, um, band together to make wine on a slightly larger scale. Um, Cantina Tellano possibly... Uh, one of the most well-known cooperative producers and probably one of the best as well. Um, So they make wines based from Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, Riesling. Uh, Their most famous wine is a blend of all three of those varieties. Um, And they also make single varietal uh, wines as well, Um, some of which being the most kind of um, celebrated out of all of Italy as a whole and some of the most well-lived white wines to come out of Italy. Um, And this is their Winkel Sauvignon Blanc from 2016. Um, so, nice, fresh, very characteristic It's not a very big vinkle, is it? Oh. <laughs> it's quite a oh, chunky bottle, That's actually. a joke. I got the joke. I'm just moving swiftly. That's the second time you've resorted to toilet humour this afternoon, and I will not tolerate it's it. It's because it's all we've got. We're trying to make the podcast funnier, and you refuse to uh, let me I'm slap going you for, any I'm, I'm going for highbrow. Uh, so Sauvignon Blanc, very characteristic Sauvignon Blanc, actually. Um, quite exotic, lots of apricot, um, kind of gooseberry character. Um, so the wine's made in a very gentle style, whole cluster pressing. spends seven months on leaves, which gives a little bit of texture on the palate. So leaves are the yeasts that are the, kind of the byproduct of the fermentation pro- um, process when it comes to making wine. If you leave those to 
kind of age into the wine, just adds a little bit of texture, slightly kind of biscuity note. Uh, and then 80% of the wine I do is like aged biscuits. in stainless steel, whereas 20% is aged in large oak barrels, which just kind of softens the wine slightly. So it's a little bit like sandpaper, just kind of like takes off those rough edges. Um, but yeah, it's ripe, we it's exotic. Sand wine. It's got a little <laughs> bit of texture on the palate. Um, but it's, it's lovely though. It's got good freshness balanced against ripe fruit. Um, very characteristic of Sauvignon Blanc. It's herbal, um, kind of eucalyptus, kind of verbena, mint notes on the nose. Whereas on the palate, it's more about kind of ripe fruit. Um, it's very enjoyable. It is. It's nice. I, I uh, struggling to see myself drinking this in the stand at Wimbledon. Really? That's what I'm saying there. That's what I'm saying there. I would love this in the stand at Wimbledon. It's bright, su- Wimbledon. Uh, it's a bright, sunny day. It's a beautiful, fresh glass of white wine. Nicely chilled, straight from a rice bucket. Okay, well that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting your in, uh, your entry, but I'm just saying not sold yet. I think it would be lovely. Drinking wine and feeling fine, cause I drink that wine all the time with Sean. So we were away for a while, and unlike were. unlike you, I didn't have the luxury of earning six figures in the restaurant trade. Not many of us do, mate. No, so I had to work out another way to survive basically because mm-hmm. i can't just go up and say oh put different tablecloths on and earn over like 600 grand a year i can't do it i'd love to be able to but i couldn't so i had to work something else out so i've been investing you are now looking sean at the owner of 1.175 ethereum what pray tell is ethereum ethereum is i think A bit like Bitcoin. (laughs) You can buy it on an app, but but you can also buy Bitcoin. And I have bought... Have you seen what... So Bitcoin, about six months ago, was worth something. Now it's worth triple what it was. Incredible scenes. Very volatile stuff. I've bought something similar. Ethereum. I bought it for... When I bought it, it was at £270 per Ethereum. (sighs) And when, you bought 1.175 of these. Yeah, I spent about £325. But when it inevitably skyrockets the value of this thing, I can sell it and I'll have made loads of money for nothing. But what is it? What have you bought? It's a currency. It's like buying, an, it's like buying a euro or but something. But it's not currency, is it? It doesn't it belong is... to a country, does it? No, but it doesn't what, have what, to. What, country, what country are you going to on holiday where you're going to spend your it's Ethereum? It's a peer-to-peer currency. It's not a peer-to-peer currency, is it? it you is, can't go from Boscombe Pier to Brighton Pier spending Ethereum, can you? you? You're being facetious, and I don't like it. <sighs> I don't have the luxury Porsche lifestyle that you have. I have to try and do these things to survive. No, you, no, you haven't survived. You've just squandered away 320 quid. I haven't squandered. On ones and zeros. It's volatile. It goes up a lot, day by day. What, what, what's it at now? If you, if, you, if you cashed it in now, would you have made any money? So I... Ch- I <laughs> I checked it this morning. Right, yeah. And it's different. It's different to what it was has when it I got, bought it. Has it gone up or has it gone down? It depends how you view up and down. Um, the, uh, let's view it the correct way. Like, if you could look at it as like, can you now get more Ethereum as a new customer? And that's going up, isn't it? Because you can get more Ethereum. Is it worth more or less than the value you paid for it as of now? When I checked this morning, it yeah. was at... How much, sorry? 100? 171. Down from 300? Down from 271. 
it plummeted. It did. As soon as I, as soon as I, as soon as I bought it, I bought it for three hundred twenty-five pounds, which was the maximum limit. Thank God they have that. (laughs) And after they did that, after I bought that, about three hours later, some fancy business blog posted Ethereum set to crash due to people buying less than three hundred fifty pounds worth of Ethereum at a go, which basically means like idiot plebs are buying Ethereum, so it crashes. I've lost it. I've lost a bit. So an idiot pleb. It's still works. So basically, what happened is an idiot pleb bought Ethereum. Somebody wrote an article about the aforementioned idiot pleb buying Ethereum. It wasn't just Ethereum plummeted. You weren't the only idiot pleb. I'm not the sole reason that Ethereum's crashed. But you're one. one But but you are fucking crashed. (laughs) (laughs) But you're one of the idiot plebs who has contributed to the crash. Basically, if you don't, you're the author of your own demise, aren't you? Here, essentially, but that's true of all like amateur investments. what? Yeah, so it's worrying a little bit. Why didn't you just buy Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin's at a high. You've got to buy low and sell high, Sean. That's then Why didn't you just go into something else? Because nothing's as volatile as this. It's going up and down all the time. So it could still go up and I could be worth loads. Do you want me to pay for a holiday? Um. Well, not now, because you might need a hand. Yeah. If it continues to plummet, but... If it goes up, yeah, lovely holiday would be nice. And but you now... if it goes up, I've always believed in you and supported you. If it goes down, you're a fucking pleb. You can now say you know someone who owns an Ethereum. Hey. I can say some. I can say I know somebody who owns more than one Ethereum. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. That's true. One point one seven. Exactly. Lovely. I really, really want you in my mouth. From then on there, roll, we'll head on further south Am I talking about the blood of a love rival? Oh no, oh it's wine, drinking it's fine Okay, well it's time for me to impress you with a beer, Sean. Uh, Today, just to recap, I have picked the organic strawberry beer from Sam Smith's. It's bad. But is it, it made from organic strawberries or is it organic strawberry I, beer? I don't know and I'm not going to go into it. Is it uh, an organic strawberry I don't beer know. or I don't an organic know. strawberry beer? I don't know. I don't know and I'm not going well, into it. Of... Okay. It's not important. I don't, I don't know anything about beers. The point is, it's Wimbledon themed. You have strawberries at Wimbledon. It's strawberries. To be honest, the theme is so much stronger. I think I should win alone, even though it does taste a bit. I'm pretty keen on my Sauvignon Blanc. I think that's a very strong connection. It's a, it's a bad link. Uh, but anyway, I don't know enough technically about the beers to sell it like Sean does his wine to me. So I kind of, I try to annoy Sean, basically. But today, I think we'll go back to the scripted thing soon. But today, we're going to play a bit of word tennis. It's a themed beer cell. Word tennis. Oh, I like it. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so, it's from, um, it's actually something that, you love and is very close to your heart. So if I be- if I beat you at it, I uh, think you will be wanting a taste of that beer. Okay, fine. What is it? I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm, I'm excited. It sounds like fun. Types of red wine. Types of red wine. Oh, yes. Brilliant. 
what, what were we doing? Um, great variety or just not great variety? Just any like, any particular? Just a, a, very vague. Yeah. Fine. Let's start off. Can, can I do great varieties or no? Or does it just have to be like... If if it's a great variety that you would drink and you would say, oh, we're drinking a blah, yeah, rather fine. than... Because most wines are like blends, aren't they? Y- Yeah-ish. Okay, right. Well, go. And I think... Right, okay. I'll start... Yeah, let's go for uh, Shiraz. Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, Pinot Noir. Gamay. Oh, lovely stuff. Burgundy. Grenache. Um... Uh, Cabernet. Cabernet? What, just Cabernet on its own? Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, well, do say the full words, Sean, otherwise you will be... Uh, well, there's lots of different types of Cabernet. Okay. Uh, Malbec. Ruby Cabernet. Merlot. Um, let's go for... There's so many options. That... You've got to be quick. It has to be a second. This is the whole point. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm firing a ball at you. you yeah, have to fine. Fire okay, shat's enough to pat. Nebbiolo. Barbaresco. Uh, Muverda. <laughs> Muverd. Um, Barolo. Uh, Barbaresco. I've just said Barbaresco, oh, so you lose. I had a, the whole point was I was going to have a big list of wines so you, you couldn't win this. But my wine list ran out. It was only 10 long. I didn't think you would get that far. This has felt, this has fallen flat on its ass. I was meant to beat Sean at something that he loved dearly and would then relish drinking beer because wine had brought him shame. But no, you won. Okay, it's, gonna it's, happen, it's, my friend. it's not worked. Do you want to take a sip of the beer anyway just to see if you like it's, it uh, well it's uh, I think your argument is twofold because either it's a uh, um, see, seeking solace in the warm comforting arms of a delicious ale mm. or a victory swig yeah it, it, yeah I suppose it does it is better it's a victory swig of beer um, <sighs> tastes like uh, it does taste like hubba-bubba. It's really horrible. It's bad beer, but it's linked to the theme. Sean. Josh. There, there are perks in any job, no? Um, Find yeah. me a job without a perk. Actually, don't worry. You'll be thinking too long. <laughs> there are perks in any job, yeah? Just like there, are, there are perks in, in most jobs. In most yeah. jobs. Yeah. Um, and... You can take the piss with perks, can't you? You can indeed. For yeah. instance, I once drunk a whole bottle of gin whilst working in a bar without not... the manager knowing already being allowed. That's a perk that I've taken advantage of. Not uh, not in one sitting, I might hasten to add, though. No, no, that is true. Um, this was over the course of the It months. was over the course. That said... It's essentially theft, really, isn't it? In a way. You were stealing from your place of employment in but... small... But I, it's like going home with a print onto your jumper. No, it's not because I knew. But you went home with com- company gin and your. Th- I your knew belly. for a fact that the company had got that gin for free. However, if we are on the, it doesn't on, make it right, does it? If we are, it makes it better. If we are on the theme <laughs> of theft, then uh, whenever corporate at that same bar, whenever corporate companies would hire it out and have drinks, and they have set up a bar tab, I would set myself for the side six to ten beers on their tab <laughs> happily. Just who's going to know? They're absolutely not going to know. Oh, do you know what? The the biggest one I stole from, which I think was about, 
it was about five gins and ten beers was British American tobacco. And if you shouldn't steal from anyone, or if you should steal from anyone, surely it's better. I, I, I can allow you that. They the did, damage they, they, they do. Did, they did used to come to our hotel quite a bit, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. there was there was um. Uh, you must have been slaughtered. I didn't. That. No, I didn't. All I didn't drink them then. I just kept them on the tab and stocked them just to have whenever I wanted. If you see what I mean. Just as a so mental note, I I've got five. I've gins got five that are paid for. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and ten beers. Yeah. That I no, can no, have. no. I didn't drink them on the night. I don't mean. I'd have been asleep by the fire. <laughs> there was a good time when uh, British American tobacco were in and uh, Twining's tea were in. Uh, oh yeah, and they that. were in at the same time, and they were on the lawn, divided in twain. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember. And I remember that. Vividly, one yeah. was one half the tea. There was literally smoke rising from one half of the lawn, and everyone else on the other side. And of the lawn. steam rising from the other half. Yeah, it was steam. Very good. <laughs> I was going to say clinking of cups, but it's much better visually. Um, yes, yeah, so. Um, they're pretty like that's a bit taking the piss with your job perks. That yeah yeah theft is taking the piss a little bit. Heard of a little uh little French Air Force pilot that uh, took a perk maybe too far. You know how you as a as a fighter pilot you're allowed to fly a fighter plane. Yeah, well, well it's kind of in your job description really. It's a big it? part of it. Yeah, I'd say it's gonna be. You might not be flying it ninety percent of the time, but ninety percent of what you talk about is gonna be the flying the plane. Yeah. Um, he used it. To go away for weekends. <laughs> he used it to fly away to weekend destinations. What? Oh, wow. I think he's currently going for a court martial. Um, well, yeah, he would be. So General Richard Rebol flew the Alpha Jet uh, from a training base in Bordeaux. Oh, very wine centric as well. To, uh, in Western France, um, to a property uh, in Provence. I don't know where that is, but um, so that's in the south of France. Yeah, so <laughs> he just flew his bloody jet there, which he would. You got a jet. He is also said to have taken a six-seat military plane transport, along with a pilot and a co-pilot. I mean, like, so here's the timings for it: car takes you six hours to get there, train seven hours, and two changes. I think one change on the train is okay, but two is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Commercial flight an hour, but um, you do then have check-in and everything, uh, so it'd be well over an hour. Um. An alpha jet, which you just step into because you're the pilot, fighter pilot, 28 minutes. <laughs> well, you can see you're the there. logic. You're there. I mean, I would. I mean, he's in serious trouble and don't do it if you do have access to a fighter plane, which I'm almost certain none of our listeners do, uh, which is probably for the best. If, if you do have uh, access to a fighter plane, then get in touch via the usual channels, which is uh, leaning outside of your window and shouting. Absolutely. That is the best way but to do it. But it does need to be in a slightly different direction now. Yes, do scream a bit louder just to make up for the like sort of extra three miles uh, we are away. Um, well, no, sorry, we're, we're closer. Someone. Well, it depends where they are. Yeah, if they're in central London, we're closer. If you're out in Surrey, we're further away. So just for safety, scream. No, louder. if you're in Surrey, we're closer. No, uh, well, if you're in Kent, then yeah, let's don't get into geography semantics, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm loving that. Also, we can add this in. I might edit out. Who knows? Depends how I'm feeling. Thinking about a jet ski. You're thinking about a jet ski. Because... Uh, what, what, just all the time? Or you're thinking about getting one? It's quite a lot of the time. Whining HQ is now on the river. It, it is, yeah. I work... My, the pla- my place of work is like on the opposite side of London, on the river. Yeah. I jet ski to work every morning. Find, my, find the floor. I can't find one. Um, no, I th- they touched on this in Top Gear, didn't they? About getting a boat and just driving down the Thames. As long as you've got somewhere to moor it... 
The mooring, I think, is the problem, which we don't have here. We don't have a mooring, but jet ski, you don't need to moor. You can just... Well, no, because... No, Where because, am I going to put it in? Yeah, you're going to need to get it in, which means you need to get it onto the back of a trailer pulled in by a car. Or, so you're going to have need to have already driven that car there and then driven it back. It's, it's too much of a logistical nightmare. What I've thought about is just off that side there, a winch system that's like a crane. Yeah. It drops it in. But what about when you get to work? Yeah, we do have a problem there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've got somewhere to keep a jet ski. We do. We've got a parking space to fit a jet ski in there easily. Yeah, easily. Hmm. My bike and a jet ski. Perfect. Um, but, yeah, I don't see how you get it out of the river when you get to work. Just just a thought. Just but a thought. you would look like an absolute baller. I'd look like the coolest person in London. Yeah. Which is uh, true as it is now. And it's that hallowed time. People across the globe downloading podcasts and maybe skipping the first 35 minutes to hear what's going on in... It's a weird place to put news, isn't it, at the end of something? Right at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's what the people are after, it's what the people want, so we need to keep them hanging on right to the very end. It is true. Please don't skip through the rest yeah. of it. If you have arrived here by skipping, please do rewind. Otherwise, this news will be void. Indeed. So, right, first story in uh, in wine news is a beer story. Um, so, Kraft fights back against big beer with independent seal. Have you heard about this? No. So, the US Brewers Association has introduced a seal to indicate craft beers that have been brewed by independent breweries. Um, after quite a few big breweries have bought up smaller breweries and then kind of releasing their own kind of craft beer brands. Um, so in, this, in essence, you know, like when you get Italian wine, it has like a little seal on the side of the bottle, yeah. DOCG. Um, it's the same kind of that. Um, credited by the BA, which is the Brewers Association um, in the US. If you look for that, care? then it's going to be craft. No one will care. No one's gonna care. Would would that change how you buy beer? If you no. saw if you saw if you were uh, in a shop and you saw two beers, one of them has got a nice label on it. The other one's got another nice label on it, but it's also got this craft beer mark on it. it I, says, I, I, I it's don't... been made by a smaller producer. I would d- you care? No, no. It would be about flavour. Flavour, one hundred percent. I'm not fussed about. If you about... haven't tried either of the beers before, there were new beers to you. What would that sway your opinion? No, probably I th- not. I, th- I think it would. I think it would no, sway a lot of people's no opinion. No flavour percentage, like flavour description, shims, that sort of thing would decide. I, I don't care about like the craft ale. Fact. I, th- I, just I, th- ale. I think for the average consumer it would um, because there are there's been lots of studies done into wine bottles and kind of how labels affect purchasing habits. And just by putting kind of medals and things like this on the front of labels, um, it can make a big difference, which is why so many producers send their wines off but to that, loads that, and loads of competitions. But that will matter for specific, like people, like wine dweebs. No, no, it's just, but it's just normal for the, people won't no, know what that. It's just for, it's just for people in you know, supermarkets picking up a lot of wine. They if won't know what a, it means. If somebody sees a gold medal on a bottle, then they're going to think it's better than something that doesn't have a gold medal on it. So the more competitions, yeah, you but put gold your wine medals towards, aren't just for independence. Well, no, it's, it's like a sense of accreditation on a bottle, isn't it? It's, it's... Now I'm not sold. Move on. All right, fine. Um, next up here, um, UK Heatwave um, sends sales of Provence Rosé soaring. So we've already been down to the um, south of France um, with your fighter jet pilot, and we're now going to go there 
for uh, for some delicious vino. So, seeing as it's been so hot recently, and it has been warm. It's been really warm. Um, Provence rosé sales have gone through the roof with supermarkets and wine merchants seeing a strong increase for rosé wine sales um, after the hottest day in 40 years. So, do you drink much rosé? Uh, I will drink it. I don't by habit. I mean, this is a non-story, isn't it? I'm calling fake news. Well, not fake news, but I'm calling rubbish news because uh, well, rosé is a summer drink. Yeah, it was hot. You're going to get more of that. Um, what, more other things. A hundred and seventy percent rise in French rosé sales. I other things that would have had a hundred and seventy percent rise: uh, gin and tonics, and beer. <laughs> Just beer. Just beer in general. Just beer in general. Fine. Lager beer, maybe. Like um, right. Um, penultimate story. Um, optimism for English wine harvest following, again, the heat wave. So, big heat wave in the UK. Bumper harvest for English wine producers, which is always a good thing, um, especially after a frost in the spring. So, how does that make you feel? Oh, just like a... You don't care about the agriculture in this country? <laughs> I do. You're going to alienate a lot of your, your sound slightly partridge here, you No, know, I, I love <laughs> agriculture in this country. I think it's very important. It's one of the main things going on with the EU right now. I don't know if I would consider <laughs> English vineyards as proper agriculture. Um, no, it's a, it's a serious it's, business. It's not. It's hobbyist nonsense. They... they don't need it to survive. They've set that up because they're rich and thought, oh, this will be fun to try. No, they haven't. It's a serious... It's, well, no, there's not kind of impoverished farmers relying upon it, but it's a bur- exactly. it's a burgeoning industry mm. and it's something that's important to our economy. Well, it's, if, a, if, it's a valid export um, product. How about this? If you're a British wine farmer, I hate you. Right. Um, yeah, holler out your window at us, guys. Please do. Uh, right, so last story um, in wine news um, is... Are you ready for this, Josh? Because this, this is a belter. I always am. As with all news, the best stories are fourth. <laughs> Pub. First in UK to be granted full zoo licence. That's a big thing. Yeah. How cool is that? So, so there's a pub in Kent um, called the, F- the, the Fen Bell. Um, that's been granted a zoo license. So it's this guy Andy Cowell, who's the landlord. Andy Cow. Cowell. Oh right, I was going to say that would be as in Simon. If um, heard it. And he's got um, a collection of exotic animals, monkeys, um, gannets, meerkats, oh, lemurs, birds he? of prey, raccoons. Well, where's he been keeping them before the farm pub? I'm I'm sure. At the farm pub, just he hasn't been able to have a zoological license and expand and maybe charge people to come see them. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to research this further and I'm going to have like so, a counter documentary. Uh, <laughs> Next week's whining will be a pre-produced documentary <laughs> uh, treading all over us. Um, so according to the pub's Facebook page, Cal said, um, our plan was to create a home for us and our animals and to be able to share it with you guys. Looking back with hindsight, we had no idea how hard that this would be and the challenge that faced us. I'm pleased to say that today we've done it. With Medway Council support, our, view, our zoo license has been granted. It's very dif- difficult to put into words what this means to us. I've pushed and pushed to achieve this and driven my family and best friends to boundaries of insanity. The love and support they've shown me has been amazing. I'll never be able to repay them. We are not a booze with animals. We are now a zoo. Hmm. With booze. I... I... Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about zoos full stop. I'm kind of 
Are they chill or not? Yeah. What was going on before? The barmaid's not the only one behind bars. That's really good. That's the best joke we've had. Shake, shake my hand. I'll shake my hand. It's a little bit sexist because I assume the person behind the bar is a uh, barmaid. The bartender's not the only one behind yeah, the bar. Yeah, there we go. Live editing. That's nice. Um, no, that's really that's good. That's good work, Sean. Like it could have been worse. I was going to say the bar wench is not the only one behind the bars. Yeah, well, that. Be, I, I'm sorry about him. It's really bad. <laughs> he said I took him to a uh, the what is it the British Podcast Awards. And he said some really inappropriate things to people. Did I? Yeah. What did I say? Talk about it off air. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really not on. Um, <laughs> this is just who he is as a person, I suppose. Yeah, fine. Um, I'm fine with it. I think what would probably be better is if you wanted to have a drink around animals, go to ZSL uh, London Zoo late. With a couple of tinnies. Well, no, they stay open till uh, they serve drinks. Oh, did they? Yeah, zoo late, they call it. And in the summer, they open, I think, on Friday nights, they open till, like, midnight. You can go have a beer, walk around, see the animals. They stay up till, like, nine. And then you go and have a little dance if you want. Oh, that sounds lovely. It is nice. You dance with the meerkats? The the problem is, the animals go to bed. Oh. Yeah. So you can go and see them with a beer for a bit. What about really big halogen lights to make them think it's daylight? Uh, I'm sure there are ways to trick them, like cruel, cruel ways, but typically <laughs> zoos do tend to look after their animals. Oh, that's a shame. It is annoying. Yeah. I think that's is that it. News? That's, that's it done. That's okay. wine news. A time has been reached, and that time is known as the end. Today we've been trying to find the perfect drink to enjoy at Wimbledon, which will be starting this Monday. The tennis tournament, uh, I don't actually know, is it the biggest one? It's certainly the most famous, isn't it? Yeah. Most that and like, well, the French I'm, and US Open, I think, are the three big ones, aren't right. is it? Does it seem like it's the biggest one because we, we live in England? Yes, definitely. Right, okay. It's the biggest one in the UK. Oh, great. Yeah, well, it's definitely the biggest one. I, I think it's probably the, the biggest tennis tournament. I, well, let's, it must let's, be. Anyway, we've been trying. We've been eating strawberries and cream throughout. We've been trying to find the perfect drink to enjoy around that theme. To recap, Sean's Sauvignon Blanc has very, very weak ties to the theme, but was tasty. Mm. And my beer, the organic Sam Smith's uh, strawberry fruit. Pardon me. It's going to happen at the end of a podcast. In case this is your first listen. Um, is largely horrible, but it does fit with the strawberries and cream nature. You know what? It's been growing on me, this strawberry beer. It's Once you uh, drink it and stop smelling it, it's not too bad. But it's still it's still pretty. I don't know. Actually, do you know why I just don't like it? It's, uh, so it's a, um, a complex ale. Um, it's blended with organic strawberry fruit juice and uh, more beer. Apparently, it's a I, fruit beer of considerable strength. I think raspberry beer. beers are raspberry be- beers have potential to be nice because I think the it's less sweetness and more sort of tartness. It's, and it's the acidity bit... of the raspberries which works better. I th- yeah. yeah, I, I this think this is a little bit you, sickly sweet. When, yeah, when you have strawberries, um, one would expect them to be quite sweet. So I imagine there is sugar added to this as well when it says strawberry puree. It's probably a sweetened strawberry puree. I would say you know, so. So it is it is quite sweet. I mean, 
It tastes like strawberry and beer. Yeah, it does. Um, it's not a, it's not a cohesive flavour. Yeah, um, I'm I'm quite a fan of fruit beers on a whole. This doesn't. This for me, like you say, it, it is too sweet. I like. If you're gonna have a fruit beer, it needs to be a sour beer. Yeah. Something quite lambic. I agree. Um, cherry often quite works quite nice. I've had amazing damson beers before, which have been really really good. Um, but again, they're kind of like lambic style, so they're more bacterial and, and yeastier with more acidity, which works nicely, plays nicely against the fruit flavour. I would say this is, that is true, like alcohol works better with those fruits, but you can get strawberry ciders, and I would say that strawberry cider feels more cohesive than this. Maybe because that's all sugar and all strawberry flavours. Yeah, exactly. There's no... Uh, strawberry cider no just tastes like with. strawberries. Yeah, it's like strawberries. Um, well, I, I think this is probably more what would appeal to the more average palate, just in terms of the um, kind of fruit, fairly pleasing fruit character and, and sweetness. I mean, if you were just, for your first time, kind of drinking a fruit beer, given this, it would be quite pleasing. If it were not for the fact that um, I had some quite interesting things before, you'd probably quite enjoy this. Yeah. And maybe if we weren't drinking the wine at the same time, which is really well made and very fresh and very well balanced, it, we might have a different opinion. I think it's all fair. Um, what are you going to vote for? Mm. Bearing in mind the theme. Bearing in mind the theme, I'm going to go for the wine. Still going for the wine. Yeah, I mean, if I was sat in a beautiful sunny box at Wimbledon, Watching uh, Murray versus Djokovic, or what's his name? Kind of Boris Becker. Boris um, Becker doesn't play anymore. <laughs> he's been gone for a while. <laughs> I think he's definitely eighties. Yeah, I'm going to go for the same because I think whilst it does tie in with the theme better, I suppose what we're trying to do here is imagine ourselves. It's what drink would we rather with, have in that scenario? Within the theme, at the scenario. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So it's it's the drink. Essentially, we've got to find a drink that's enjoyable, don't yeah. we? That's the, that's the point of the podcast, and that beer isn't that enjoyable. No, so yeah, the, the, no you the can, wine has to win. Like we, we've we've barely got through a whole bottle between us. Yeah. Whereas um, the wine's nearly done. As long as I think we can take into account how well it works with the theme, but as long as it's good enough to get on the podcast in the first place, theme wise, I your ser- serving your blanc. <laughs> Um, I as, as, as long as it gets onto the thing, I, I am on board with the Sauvignon Blanc. I think as long as it gets onto the podcast, I think it's ninety percent of the way there. Yeah, so we have a very vigorous uh, approval process. We do. We yeah. Do. Um, well, that's it. Uh, well done, Sean, for winning today. Uh, we'll be back again Woo! next week, similar sort of time. So that is. Uh... What was it? Fifteen love to, to me. Fifteen love to you. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know the full scores because we've been doing. Well, we've gone since the uh, since the hiatus. Since, since the hiatus, we're, you're on fifteen love. This game, you're on fifteen love. Set wise and match wise, I'm sure. Well, the match isn't played yet. Um, so thank you for listening. It's always lovely to have you here. People actually listen to this, which is mad. I um, yeah, that shocked me. <laughs> roughly about about forty people listen to this. Uh, admittedly, not all the way through. So there's probably about one person listening. If it's you listening right now. You're a legend. Unless you've done like a major crime, then you're a shit. And then you're just kind but of largely you're a legend. Whiling away the hours in jail. No, they might not have been caught. Doing a crime doesn't mean you get caught. Yeah, but they're more likely to be listening to our podcast if they just got literally all the time in the in the world to kill in jail. That's true. Maybe we should make a podcast for criminals. In speak on that on that note, yeah. if you are a criminal listening now, you're not a shit, you're great. <laughs> tell tell all your friends. If you're if you're repaying your debt to your country fine 
repaying your debt to your country. Repaying your debt uh, to, uh, to society. To sorry, society, that's what I meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Repaying your debt to your country sounds like you're a well, an oil tycoon or something, <laughs> or like an offshore tech firm. Anyway, we must go. Time's up. See you later. Bye. Don't touch that dial. There isn't one. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.